We could say that today we have partaken of the manna that has come down from heaven and and what else could anyone add to it? As we have heard of the reality that is in this life and the reality for eternity. That because of the fall of man and because of the sin that dwells within each one of us and the sin that we have committed, we deserve nothing but eternal hell and damnation. But because of the love of God in Christ Jesus, then that we can have a hope a hope and an anchor for the soul that reaches to eternity. But first of all, before we begin, I would want to bring the loving greetings from God's children in, in Centerville at home and from my mother and father there there with our children that didn't come with us and, and from the Christians that gather together in the Tri-Cities and in Pasco, Washington that where we, the services are kept every Sunday there and we go there once a month. And truly they ask that you would remember them in prayer there that it seems that the trials of life even though they don't appear to be that they are there and in the hearts there's a longing that there would be the grace from heaven and the love that has come down from above shed abroad for the families and for one another that we could not just have a Christianity that is a show but that it would come forth from the heart. And many, many times it's the trials of life that would draw us to have that love one for another and to to know Him in a closer way. There's a part of the Scripture that has been dear to me in the past, but this last year, the last and the trials that have been for our family. It's been a daily Scripture that has been close to my heart, and it's found in Lamentations. And it says that it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for Him, to the soul that seeketh Him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. And even in the last moments of this day, as we gather here, that That same spirit that hovered over the waters in creation. It says that it was there and God said, let there be light. That was the same spirit that hovered over Bethlehem's manger when Christ was born there. And it was the same spirit that was there when he was conceived in the womb of the virgin. And tonight, for each one of us, that is the same spirit that is there when he is born within our heart. And when he is born there then, he is born in time, but he is the lamb that has been slain before the foundation of the world. 
And Bethlehem does not take away from Calvary's cross, and neither does the resurrection. But they all are plus signs to the great plus sign that stands on the hill of Golgotha that is for sinners and sinners that could be saved from their sin, redeemed from eternal wrath and from damnation that is forever. And then I would want to bring you greetings from my oldest son. He brought us to the airport. And my oldest son, he's been been a joy to his mother and his father. He hasn't been a trial. He hasn't walked upon our hearts like some of our other children have. But as we were at the airport and he told us goodbye, he put his arms around his mother and father and he says, could you guys pray for me? He says that I'm such an evil person. I'm so wicked that I don't think I'll be able to go to heaven. And I know in our frailness tonight, we did there, we wanted to assure him with the fact that there's forgiveness for sinners and in the name and shed blood of Jesus. But you know, this evening, I have to stand before you as his father. And I have to say that, well, would you pray for me? Would you pray for me because I'm such an evil person and such a wicked person? That I could be saved, that I could have the consolation that is in Christ Jesus my Lord who has promised that he will not leave me. And if I am lost, it is because I have left him, because I have turned away from the hope and the consolation of Israel, which is in Bethlehem's manger, who came, born to die that I might live, and born to die that you might live, that you might have a hope that is anchored in heaven for eternity. And also that you would sigh that the word would go forth according to his will and not just from men, because we are so fleshly and so carnal. The scripture this evening that has come to my to my mind and and it's for a little bit later in, in the church year from this day, but it's not very far away. It's in the fourth chapter of Luke, in the eighteenth verse through the twenty first verse. And this scripture uh, it kind of parallels to what happened even at this time. Or when we speak of the, when Jesus was 12 years old, that he, he was there in the temple at 12 years old, asking them questions in the temple and hearing them. And they wondered at the gracious things that he said. We read this scripture in the name of Jesus our Lord. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah when he had opened the book he found the place where it was written the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and the recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and sat down and the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Amen. The scripture was given to Jesus and handed into his hands, and it was the Old Testament. But as we have heard, and those that have preached before me have taught us, that from that promise in the garden of the seed of the woman which we have heard about today that would come to bruise or crush the head of the serpent. There's that crimson thread of the promise of God. A promise that is so much different than the promises that we make. 
many, many times as, as men and as women and as boys and girls and all of us, when we make promises, what happens? They get broken. But God made a promise in the Garden of Eden, and He didn't break that promise. And in the fullness of time, as we have heard, He sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, that He might redeem us who were under the law. And He became that curse for us that we might be free from that curse of the law and that we might have the peace, the peace that passeth all understanding. But when He opened the book, He found the place where it was written. And, and this Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. This evening, we can say about Jesus that He loves you. He loves you just where you are. Even if you stand there this evening as a young person in the far corners of this church, or in the basement, or upstairs here where we are gathered in the sanctuary of this church, that He loves you. He loves you though you look at your own heart and your own life and you say, I am so filled with unbelief and I'm so wicked that you have experienced within your own heart and you know that it is fulfilled as it was in the days of Noah that it seems that man is only evil continually, nothing good. But Jesus says that he came for you. He came for you just as you are. Ever since I was little, we had communion and I didn't partake of it, but we, we sung just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. That there is the blood of the covenant that is an everlasting covenant. And you know, this blood is still speaking today. And God is still the same righteous God today as he was then, and his eyes are bright. And we can't hide from him. Whether we're a young person or whether we're middle-aged or whether we're very, very old, we can't hide from Him. He knows the very thoughts and intents of our heart. He knows all our deeds and all our actions. He knows them. And you know, His eyes are righteous. And as it says in the Apocrypha, they are 10,000 times brighter than the sun. And they are bright, and He sees. And He hates sin. But you know, He loves the sinner. And in the last verse of our text, it talks about the day, this day, is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. And in your ears tonight, whether you're young or old, I would want you to have the scripture fulfilled in your ears about the day that the Lord has made and that you can rejoice and be glad in it. Because God is blind. He went blind. And you know when he went blind? He went blind when he got blood in his eyes. When he got the blood of his only son, the one whom he loved in his eyes. And he can no longer see that sin that stands between him and his loving heart, and me, and you as a sinner. And that blood is yet speaking today to the penitent, and to the poor, and to the brokenhearted, that there is deliverance for you as a captive. And there is a recovering of your sight, your sight that cannot seem to see upward, but it only sees down, and you have to hang your head, and you have to look down. And you don't dare look up, because you're so wicked, and you're so sinful. He wants you to know that he is blind, and he does not see He does not see you anymore. But He sees you. How does He see you? Does He see you with all your faults? Or what does He see? He sees you as a preciously redeemed child of God. That your sins have been forgiven for His name and for His shed blood. And you have on what? The filthy garments? 
of the flesh and of this life, what can you have? The garments that are white and the garment of righteousness, the righteousness of Christ, the righteousness of the saints. And as we have been taught, and it's so precious, it's been wove from the top down. And oh, it was beginning there, even though the love was not manifest as great as it was on Calvary's cross. It was beginning in the garden of Eden. And it was beginning then when the Spirit came down and Jesus was born in Bethlehem's manger. It was beginning there. And it was pointing then that love has come down from above and that God has decided to save us because He loved us. Not because we could make a decision. Or not because you can make a decision tonight and say, I mean, I've been on that road when it comes to dealing with this flesh that I'm not going to think that thought anymore. I'm not going to fall into sin anymore. And there's not any strength. There's not any strength. But let me tell you, young people, that when you are weak enough that you give up of your own strength, then there is the strength that has come down from above to deliver you from the captivity of sin. And as Brother Bruce has been speaking to us the truth of God's Word so preciously, we're never going to be holy this side of eternity. We'll never be holy this side of eternity because we have a flesh that cannot be converted and cannot be made holy. It is corruptible and it's going to go to the grave and rot into the grave, but it is it is evil. It is It, it, it smells in the sight of God. But God is blind today. He does not see you as you are by nature, by natural birth. And how is it? How do we say it with the song? I've been adopted. My name's been written down. And can you have that assurance this evening that you're adopted? That though you have been bruised and though you don't have any sight, that your broken heart has been healed and you have a friend, a friend. Can you say tonight that I have a peace in my heart that the world never gave and a peace that the world cannot take away? That's the peace that Jesus came to give. He came to give. And when he left that there manger, he grew to manhood and and he was in the temple at 12 years old and he was the temple here. But the love that he had didn't go out. You know, many, many times I speak about that. And I've experienced this last year. Just just how evil I am. Because I've spoke much of love. And, and I think I remember that that's what I talked about the first time when Brother Walt brought me up here. When I stood in front of you the last time, I spoke about that love. And I still, it seems to be a psalm upon my heart. That we need the love that has come down from above. The love that gives and never takes. The love that gives and never takes. Never ask anything in return. That sacrificial love. And you know that love there was mirrored for us by this baby in Bethlehem's manger. Because it did not go out when he trod that wearisome road across the brook Kidron into the garden of Gethsemane. And he laid on his face in the dust of this earth and he said, I am a worm and not a man. The love didn't go out. And he prayed earnestly to the Father that it would be possible to take this cup from me, but nevertheless not thy will. My will, but thine be done. He was a man and it was a bitter road that he was walking upon as true man. But he was true God and his love didn't go out and he couldn't turn his way back. And from there he set his face like a flint and he journeyed to the cross of Calvary and his love didn't go out. And it was an undying love. And today 
May this Scripture be fulfilled in your ears that your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And you know, I, I, I simply think that the Lamb's Book of Life is with the Father in heaven today. And it's in His hands. And as the prophet Isaiah tells us, that He's engraven in His hands. That your names are engraven there as a child of God. And I know we was mentioning this downstairs and visiting about this too. That the doctrine that is in this world and so is where man is so free and he says that he's eternally secure. And that he can live as he wish, wishes and that in the end because Jesus came, he was born and died and he lives, that it's going to be okay that I'll go to heaven. And that doctrine's not according to the Scriptures. I mean, the Hebrew writer whom... A day preached from this morning, he writes further on there that take heed lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But you know the other doctrine that says that in this side of eternity you must always be in despair and there is no hope. That's not the doctrine of the Scripture either. Paul the Apostle, when he began to speak about the assurance that we can have, in Christ Jesus. He says, I am persuaded that neither height nor depth, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other creature can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. So we don't want to be eternally secure, and we can never be eternally secure because we have the flesh. But in the spirit, in the new man, we can have assurance. You can go home this evening from this place of worship, and you can lay your head on your pillow tonight, And you can say, even so, come Lord Jesus. It is well with my soul. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed with the incorruptible seed by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. And forever is a long time. Redeemed for eternity. And oh then, my prayer then would be that for Christianity, for all of us that gather in Centerville and in the Tri-Cities, that this redemption would be the day that we would speak about. This was the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in us. This day, the day that Christ has come. He has come true. He came in time and it starts out at conception in the womb of Mary and it goes through Bethlehem and it has a historical sequence to it that goes all the way through to the ascension and he went up to heaven and as we heard, he sets at the right hand of the Father and he makes intercession for us. But redemption is not a something of time that's got a sequence to it. It's the eternal now, the eternal now of eternity that the Father, He offered up His Son in eternity before He even created us that we might have hope in time. And may we have that eternal day of redemption upon our hearts this evening. And may we have the prayer in the knowledge of this that we do not serve ourselves, but we have a word of encouragement to a young person or an old person. The elder brother preacher there, Ray Hillman, who I'm so glad that he's there with us in Centerville. He's going to be 89 years old. And together then we can be there. And many, many times, he in his old age there, he says that, can I be forgiven? Can I be forgiven? And, And you know, you know what it is. There's just so much sin and so many doubts and so many fears that I will make it. 
And together then we can share that blessed gospel that in the name, in the shed blood of Jesus, for the sake of the sacrifice that was offered eternally, in eternity, and in time when Jesus came into this earth to fulfill that promise that is an eternal promise. May these words be for us and may all the words that have been spoken today be for us to an edification and may we continue to eat that manna that has come down from heaven and be strengthened so that we don't always look down but that we lift up our eyes into the face of Jesus and then we can in this life begin to listingly sing the new song of praise, honor, and thanksgiving unto God and the Lamb. We would ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us humble our hearts in prayer and the benediction. Heavenly Father, we want to ask this evening that the word that has been spoken today, here and wherever, as the day that the Lord has made has been spoke about, the day of Jesus, the day of Christ, the day of redemption, that your Holy Spirit that was there hovering over creation and hovering over redemption, that it would be there to bring it into our hearts. Your Apostle Paul told us about this Spirit, the Spirit that was with our Redeemer, that proceedeth forth from the Father and from the Son, the third person of the Godhead. He says that if you have not the Spirit of Christ, you are none of His. Oh, Father, give us more of that Spirit, that we would be able to love one another in truth and in sincerity and serve those that are around us. We would become nothing in ourselves, and our Savior would become everything so that we could follow His footsteps. As Peter says, that he left us an example that we would walk in his footsteps. And Father, as each one here goes to their home this night, watch. Father, when I go to my brother's house to sleep tonight, give me the assurance of the peace that passes all understanding. And Father, now bless us and keep us. Make your face shine upon us and be gracious unto us. Lift up your countenance upon us and give us peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. There are refreshments served for everybody downstairs. Our services will continue during the week with evening services at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday evenings and conclude with all-day services next Sunday with services at 10.30, 2.30, and 6 o'clock. Again, there'll be no Sunday school next Sunday. Work assignments are that group 3 will serve coffee Tuesday, evening 4, Thursday 5, Friday. Group 1 is serving the noon meal next Sunday. We're asked to bring lasagna or pasty with tort for dessert. Group 2 will serve the evening meal, and group 6 will have coffee. In closing tonight, we'll sing song number 21.